It's really positioning myself as a creative collaborator because I can step in in so many spots now. I, I want to meet people and position myself in a place where I'm viewed in that way. Hello, and welcome to the Out of Frame podcast. My name is Jackson. And I'm Lauren. In this podcast, we discuss the unheard perspectives of the film industry to learn about what it's like to work in the industry and how to get involved. Each episode, we'll interview professionals about their work experience and their tips for aspiring filmmakers. All right, Jackson, can you tell us about who we're interviewing today? Yeah, we are talking with Catherine Dvorak. Uh, Catherine is an actor, writer, and producer for Hollywood Films. Uh, She started out as an actor, but has expanded uh, and has actually started her own production company called Leafy Greens Films, uh, which she started back in 2020. Currently, she's in the process of directing her first film, uh, and she's acted in movies like XCOM, Work to Death, and Hello Darkness. She also wrote and acted in the comedy Highbrow, which had a long run at film festivals. Catherine has a large variety of experiences, both on and off camera, which will give us great insight for today's episode. She sounds awesome. I'm so excited to hear from her. So Catherine, uh, thank you so much for just agreeing to be with us uh, today. Um, You have just such a large variety of experience. It's really cool because we've had uh, people from all aspects of film, but we've never interviewed anyone who's been an actress or an actor. But the first question I have for you, can you tell me about the beginning of your career as an actress and how that led to future opportunities? Sure. So I started acting all the way back in high school and then went to Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film for college and then did a lot of um, smaller, more independent shows in the summer. And then the year after graduating, I moved to Chicago. So I did basically all storefront theater for about eight years or so. And then during the pandemic in 2020, a couple of friends, you know, a little friend, friend pod while everybody was quarantining, we decided we wanted to try to make some short films. I have a partner who was in the film industry and is in animation to this day, and he has some equipment and thankfully a lot of insight. And we just shot something that was super low budget, in fact, practically like zero budget, and thankfully had a couple of friends who were able to like show up and were willing to help. But that's when we made that first film and we took it through a film festival run. The year after that, we found out that my partner got a job in LA and it made sense to move here because obviously with a lot of my skill sets and interests, there's already a lot of communities already out here. And so it made sense to come back out West. Um, But before moving, I made a second film, which then Uh, with the same friends, which we then took through a festival run. So thankfully, before I even knew I was going to be in LA, I already had a little bit of experience of a writing, but also producing. And so even though it was like on a small scale, 
it's still <laughs> any sort of production gives you a little bit of insight into like the coordination that is necessary to make things cohesive or run smoothly. And so when I moved here, I thankfully had a couple of college friends who were already out here. And so there was already a, a few friends in a small community that I had built. And so I started reconnecting with people and then I just did whatever the heck I could find. <laughs> so um, within the first few months of actually the first few weeks of moving out here, I bumped into a friend who I met at a thespian festival in college. So 10 years later, I'm three weeks into living in LA and he ended up getting our grocery order. We had ordered out and he, the story has a point, I promise, but, <laughs> but he, uh, he ended up having a mask on and was like, holy shit, it's you. And I realized, you know, who it was. And through a connection that I made in, in school, in college, 10 years ago, came back around full circle because he's doing film and theater out here. And so month after that, he connected me to a project he was working on that needed a PA at, or a production assistant. And so I was like, heck yeah, I'll, I'll get on set in any way I can. And so then I was a PA. And then a month after that, he told me about a two-week-long film festival called the Collaboration Filmmakers Challenge. That challenge is just two weeks of absolute chaos and mayhem. But through that process, I, I just volunteered for as many different things as possible, both behind the camera and in front of the camera. I find that it's a lot easier to get your foot in the door with people behind the camera first because you can do things like a PA and it's pretty low stakes. They don't know whether or not you're cool to work with for a 12 hour day or not. They don't know, you know, what you can bring to the table acting wise, especially if, you know, as a theater actress, I mostly didn't have any film credits or things to show people for clout. So my credits in the film industry, thankfully started very long ago when it was mostly just focused on film. And through experimenting and just trying new things with a couple of friends when we were restless, it gave me a little bit of know-how to help get my foot in the door behind the camera. And thankfully, people learned I was really cool and a hard worker. <laughs> and now that's like slowly starting to build into more and more projects and people are recommending me to things. And so seeds that I planted two years ago and even before then are, are slowly starting to sprout. So. That's so cool. Like, I'm sure that's so rewarding to kind of see those relationships sprouting into something just bigger. And I'm sure it's going to keep sprouting. What was that process of switching from theater into production for films? Well, I was a part of the Babes with Blades theater company in Chicago, which mostly focuses on female-driven stories that also have a strong emphasis in staged combat. As an ensemble member, I'd like picked up a couple of tasks and had attended a few meetings and was able to get a little bit more insight into like the organization of it all and just like the different pieces and parts that it really takes to operate a business, which I think isn't that much different from running a production company and learning how to like operate a team. It's essentially project management. And so thankfully I had a little bit of like organizational skills through that theater company and also my job working at the Museum of Science and Industry as a coordinator. I feel like I had a lot of insight as to how to run a meeting or like how to make sure I was 
communicating properly. So even if I wasn't 100% knowledgeable on what was going on at any given moment, um, <laughs> I, I feel like I was at least communicating things properly so that people knew what to expect. I set expectations. Thankfully, with that experience and then with a couple of friends who were just as willing to just kind of figure it out as we went, I think I was very lucky to have such close friends figure out those first two projects and also to have a partner who was very supportive because he ended up dealing with quite the mess in editing that second film because we were filming on an iPhone on a gimbal and using lav mics and we were stopping and starting the recordings at will and so he just had the most slapdash footage and sound stuff to edit. And so I really give him props. <laughs> but also I give all of us props because we we did it with the absolute bare minimum. But the film is, is seemingly doing really great during its festival run. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to. It's like if you're excited about a project and you want to bring people on board, people who you're probably not going to be able to pay much other than in like good hugs and good food, you want to make sure that you're not like taking advantage of people's time and that they feel appreciated. And so all of those skills combined have helped me to convince people to work with me. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's important. It seems like there's a lot of connection with like the festivals you're a part of. How has that come into play with like this process of making films? And have you seen more success through submitting stuff at film at film festivals or like meeting people, you know, how does that progression with this side of your career kind of correlate to film festivals? I would say it definitely depends on which kind of film festival we're looking at. So the film festival that goes for two weeks that I was a part of that I've now like coordinated and worked with people uh, with since then, that was the type of festival where people make the film within that two week span. So they have a kickoff event where you get a sentence that says this like a theme or a quote and something that you need to enwrap into your concept in, in, in some way. And so they write, produce, edit, and submit it within that two weeks. And then it culminates in a, a big viewing party. And that was helpful because people are just like, in a desperate crab for for help and for hands in any way. And so I just like slapped as many things as I was interested in trying on my name tag, you know, obviously with the priority of acting, but knowing that as a producer, I'm trying to like step into different roles to know how to run a, a better set. So that festival was helpful in the sense that it was great for networking and for getting people to know me and whatnot. And I will say that I've had two films go through film festivals, but unfortunately I didn't really have as great of a strategy approaching those festivals. Thankfully, I did some coaching with Izzy Stevens of Indie Spunk Club, and she's given me a lot of really great information on how to better approach film festivals in the future with my own films, because it's kind of different on whether or not you're trying to get networking out of your film, whether you're trying to get your film distributed, or whether you're just trying to get like an audience to see your film and get like an audience response. Because there, there are so many festivals. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's so many film festivals out there. There's a lot. And so it takes quite a bit of research just to determine like what you're going to get out of your festival to make sure if it's not just like a scam for money to make sure that festival is actually going to be worth it for you. Thankfully, the research that we did for our first two films 
like we're proud of those festivals that we submitted to you, but we also didn't have that big of a budget. And so it was a smaller uh, subscription base or like smaller amount of numbers that we submitted to. And at the time we didn't really submit to festivals that we could attend in the moment. And so I couldn't be present to really see what those kind of festivals were all about or take the most advantage of it. And it also happened during the pandemic. So we were submitting to festivals that like suddenly could no longer be in person. It was the festivals that were trying to or somehow figured out how to do a virtual showing or screening. And so Highbrow, our second film, and I say our meaning Leafy Greens film. So it's a production company who started with my friends, Whitney Masters and Brittany Gillespie. But our, our second film got into a festival that's showing at the end of November and it's in Arizona and I have a brother there and I'm finally going to be able to go. Unfortunately, I'm the only one out of the three of us who will be able to attend, but this is the first festival that a film has been submitted to that we'd be able to attend. And so I think so far that this one is mostly for the audiences, but otherwise so far with general festivals that we've been submitting to, it's been really hard to gauge what we've been able to get out of it because networking opportunities during the festivals have looked different and we haven't been able to attend in person. And obviously that's, that's very different. Still trying to learn how to best approach the film festival circuit, but the ones where you have to slap a film together in a short amount of time um, is a really great way to trauma bond with a couple of crews. And so if you're looking for <laughs> a way to like really make those strong connections, as long as you, you know, can afford the time in your schedule, then I'd say it's great. CFC or the Collaboration Filmmakers Challenge has been running, I think now for, oh gosh, I forget, eight eight years or something like that, a significant amount of years. And it grows every year. They do a really great job of offering prizes and stuff too. So for anybody who's out in LA listening to this, I would highly recommend looking into it because it's helped kickstart my networking out here in LA and has been an incredible resource for practically, I don't know, the whole industry out here. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, that specific festival, how, how often does that happen? Once a year. And I believe it's in May. Okay. My my understanding of, of festivals is very minimal. I uh, don't really know a ton about them. And so when you mentioned the fact that like different festivals just have a different vibe and are for different purposes and come with their own specific challenges, that was really interesting. I, I'd never thought about that before. What are some of the differences you've noticed specifically uh, from different festivals that you've submitted films to? Film festivals are constantly, because there's so many, they're happening at different times and they all have different deadlines in which your submission fee is more expensive. So you have like the early bird and less expensive and then there's like seven different layers and then it becomes the most expensive. And so I would say the thing that I noticed the most is just like the cost and what you're going to get out of the festival. And I, I know that's so vague, but that's because there's so there's so many different things to think about when it comes to a festival. And so you can only hope to plot out a really sexy looking spreadsheet and, you know, date out to try and get all the early bird deadlines, you know, submitted. So that way you're 
paying less and that's if you even get accepted uh your film and so i don't know it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell of like what i've noticed about the difference between those festivals because there's just so many differences and so i would say like if anybody's looking on film freeway which is a, a great site that you know, you can post all of the information for your show and then it has all of the festivals up with a bit of like bare bones information and you can submit to. I would say just like make sure that you're going to get something out of the film festival rather than just paying for it to be shown on a screen. As I have realized, unfortunately, that some of the film festivals, like they don't even give a free ticket to a filmmaker if their film gets in the festival, oh, wow. which I find pretty insulting. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, and I know it costs a lot to like run and operate those things, but it's like, what are we even doing here if we aren't encouraging the filmmakers to be present yeah. for their film showing? So so yeah, I, I guess the, the disparity in quality of film festivals. There it is. I found my way to your answer. <laughs> it's the, the disparity and like the difference in festivals and what you can get from them is just is huge. So plan some extra time to, to think about your strategy when you submit because you could save yourself a lot of money just by being smart about it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, honestly, I'm going to look into this and <laughs> going to learn a little bit more about like how can I submit my own film and stuff like that? So yeah, I think that's just really, really great advice. So you mentioned your relationship with your partner. He's also in the film industry doing animation, I believe is what you said. How do you balance your work and your life with your relationships? Hmm. Well, that's a, a great question. I think it has to do with just like a general understanding of those who are in your life that um, this industry rarely has a position where the hours aren't just like totally wackadoo or inconsistent with a normal nine to five. And so I think it really depends on, you know, what a person needs in order to feel truly connected and valued by their partner. But I think it's it's more so about like the quality than the quantity. Um, I find that my partner and I just really enjoy when we can like work next to each other. It's like even if we're getting things done, it's like just being next to each other and kind of checking in here and there throughout the day like that ends up being kind of enough for us sometimes. And of course, like the special dates where we go out and, you know, are also working on extra projects and tidbits. I will say that having relationships with people outside of this industry is hard. It's not always easy to explain why you're freaking exhausted and why you're stressed out because this is also like, it's a gig job. You Once you get one job, that's great. In a couple months, you, you have to find another one. And so you're also, ideally you're doing it full time, but otherwise like you're also balancing it on top of another job. And I was working multiple jobs at a time in Chicago while trying to also do theater in the evenings. And so I think it just really comes down to finding those moments that you do have together with your partner and just making sure that you're taking advantage of it as much as possible. A little bit of a silver lining, we kind of thrived during the pandemic as the first year was like, oh, shut down and like not go outside and hold up and eat good food together. Great. <laughs> like ended up not being too hard for us thankfully even though it was a very tight spot but um i i credit that with just having a really great relationship with someone who understands me and who wants to see me thrive and who who knows why i do what i do 
Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I have a lot of friends who they don't work in the film industry, but they work in the church. And so they mention just the difficulties of having a relationship while like being a pastor or a minister or something like that can actually be really difficult because those jobs, a lot of the time, uh, at least at the church I'm at, they take them away uh, at like just kind of weird times and weird hours and people, they're pretty much always on call because people always, you know, need help in some sense. And so I've heard them mention that it's so much more doable when you have someone who's also in the same, like working at the at the church and also agrees. So it, it kind of sounds like the film industry is a, is a lot like that. And so it's, it's cool that you get to have that opportunity between the both of you where you both understand each other and understand the stresses, understand just exactly what life is actually like. So that's a good point. I didn't even think about, you know, priests and those in, in that line of work, like needing to be on call because people are in need of assistance and yeah, schedule can be quite unpredictable. Can you tell us about the uh, movie that you're currently directing? I don't know how much you can talk about it, but I just saw that your announcement on it. So yes, absolutely. Um, so it'll be a proof of concept uh, called Unplugged, but this won't be a Leafy Greens production. So Whitney and Brittany won't be able to make it to Chicago for this one, but we'll be collaborating on other things. That this film is a sci-fi thriller and it is very much like Black Mirror and the movie Timer where things are for the most part pretty standard, pretty realistic, except for minor little technical differences and advancements in, in the world. I was very inspired, well disheartened, but also inspired to write this film based on the overruling of Roe v. Wade, because along with the loss to women's health care, there's also the loss to the right of privacy. And so I was very interested in what that will mean in the future, because the right to privacy protects people's information and like really what all is available to the powers that be. So I wrote this film about this medical device that allows people to see their memories while they are in hospice. So as they're getting ready to move on and are essentially dying, they have the option to purchase this device, which will replay their happy memories for them to help them move on in a place of mental comfort. And the company that owns the device naturally has other plans for those memories and how they use them. And so it all takes set or all takes place on the set of the commercial shoot for this medical device. Because this world got very complicated very quickly as I wrote it over the last it, I guess year and a half. It uh, constantly had I think the problem with sci-fi is there's a lot of those like technical questions of like, okay, how does this make sense? How does this mm -hmm. make sense? It became very technical very quickly and it was hard to to find enough of those answers to make a cohesive script but i'm actually really proud of how the convention of the commercial shoot helped me to give a lot of exposition about this device without front loading it in a way that made it obvious that it's a lot of exposition and mm. so i think it finds a really great a really great balance of front loading a lot of information to the audience at once while also not being too cliche of a of a kickoff for a short it gets 
pretty complicated very fast, as I said. <laughs> so um, I think it, it will be very exciting to see, you know, what people are able to um, pick up in a very short amount of time. So next phase is finding the team and also having a couple of readings. But the next phase is hearing it out loud, which I think is a very different sort of, you just learn a lot more from hearing a script out loud than having people read it on a you know screen and then come back to you with notes. So that's kind of where that is now. Um, not worried about keeping it a secret or, okay. or anything. Very excited to talk about it now, especially at, at this kind of phase. I don't know. Nobody's looking at me to steal scripts or ideas, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that I love that idea. That sounds so cool. I will definitely be looking out for it. So that's awesome. So I guess tying back to the different kinds of festivals you kind of touched on it already about like what festivals you'll be looking at for when this short gets finished what are you going to be considering when you submit it to a festival in the future i think mostly funding in order to make the the full project that i would like but also networking i I find more and more that I want more of a, a say and more control in the creative stories that are being put out there. And I, I want to have more of a hand in that. I would really love to just continue to meet more and more filmmakers and see all of the different ways that I can get behind the camera. So I think with this film, it's really positioning myself as a creative collaborator. And I think that that just kind of covers the umbrella term because I can step in in so many spots now. And I, I feel like I have a good eye for storytelling and for character building and for world development and all of that. So I, I want to meet people and position myself in a place where I'm viewed in that way. So that's amazing. I think you definitely have an advantage just with this crossover you're doing with not only being an actor, being in front of the camera, but also having that perspective, I guess, working in production. Yeah. And I've learned so much about acting just by being behind the monitor more like, and you know, in Johnny Carson, I didn't, we didn't have like a, a camera or an on-camera class. And in Chicago, you know, there's just not a lot of films happening there. And so it wasn't really until we made a long farewell, our first film, that I was able to see myself on camera. It's like, you might be feeling sad, but you could be looking like you're a little bit loopy. Like it, it's a, just a totally different world. And in how things are coming off on camera and by golly, the camera picked up everything. So, um, and also to bring back like something we talked about at the beginning of like watching our own progress and growth. It's also really great growing with others. It's like now seeing the people that I started working with at CFC two years ago and seeing some of them have sold scripts and some are working on features. And it's just really also great to grow creatively with all of these people kind of at the same time. Yeah, we're all rooting each other on. That's really cool. Just see that whole development process. Can't yeah. wait to see where you guys are in two years. So. <laughs> yeah. Be exciting. Hopefully employed. Here, <laughs> <laughs> here. <laughs> so Catherine, can you tell our audience how people can learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have an acting Instagram account, and that's a really great way to reach out to me and keep tabs of any films that I'm working on. And that is Catherine underscore Dvorak underscore actor. And then I also have an artist website in case anybody's interested in visual art. My website is Catherine does dot art. 
Awesome. Thank yep. you so much, Catherine. It was a great conversation with you today. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Out of Frame podcast. Today, you heard a conversation with actor, writer, and producer Catherine Dvorak. Tune in next time for another in-depth conversation with film professionals to learn more about the industry and how you can get involved. Follow us on Instagram at Out of Frame Podcast and let us know what you thought about today's episode. Bye. Bye.